0: lovers. Welcome to Wax Chatty with D-Muck and Taddy, where three pals listen to an album, then come together and discuss the dang thing.
1: What the heck is an album?
0: An album is a collection of audio recordings issued on compact disc, vinyl, audio tape, or another medium such as digital distribution.
1: Nice! All of our selections can be found on Apple Music, Spotify, Discogs, even in your local record store if you fancy doing some crate digging. In the beginning of 2021, the Muck and Taddy duo started this exploration. And after we had nearly 50 albums under our belts, we brought in Deanna. And it morphed into a podcast for you so that we could share our
0: blinding brilliance.
1: Come and get on the bus with us while
0: we wax lyrical about wax. So let's grip it and rip it, people. Go, go, go. Hi, everyone. Hi, Bill. Uh, hi, Deanna. Hello. Greetings and salutations.
1: For this episode of the second-to-last episode of Season 1, 2023, Deanna went wild and went to a different
0: continent and picked this person and their album. What did you pick, Diana? I picked... The illustrious Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan and Kowal and Party. The album is Shahen Shah. It's on the Real World label from 1989. I got turned on to this back when I was in college and the film The Last Temptation of Christ and everyone was flipping out. I got the soundtrack because I love Peter Gabriel. I absolutely adore him. I used to play this all the time. I got so into it. So I was like, what's going on? And I mean, later on, it ended up, I listened to a lot more artists, many of which I read some articles that he's played with or that he knows. That was when I was in Mississippi. Then later on, when I moved to St. Louis, I saw the film Natural Born Killers, and they used some of his music in that as well. It's that thing of like, not being able to understand the language, right? But then at the same time, it's being moved by the music itself, which I find that when you two and I go to see a Grateful Dead show uh, or any other kind of concert, depending on when we start dancing and getting into it, I'm not necessarily dancing to lyrics. I'm dancing to the vibe of the music, to the transcendent, joy of the music and i think and that's kind of what this is about kawali it means utterance it's an art of devotional singing of the sufis which is uh a mystical sect of islam and it's intended to elevate the spirit and bring both performer and listener closer to god and it's usually performed with a lead singer and chorus playing in call and response style and these singers are supported by musicians playing percussion instruments uh the dolak or the tabla and a sitar which uh for those listening just do, who do not know it's a long necked stringed instrument and when i've gotten to hear people play that up front it's always mind-blowing and on uh, just to give a little history about uh nusrat's fali khan from what i know he's uh comes from a uh family of classical music masters that have been developing the art of Kuali for over six centuries, which blows my mind. Uh, And he didn't originally intend to become a Kual. He decided to sing only after recurring dreams convinced him it was a path to follow. And his whole thing is to bring together world music. Uh, Well, not anymore because he passed away in 1997.
1: There's usually two harmoniums, which are little uh, organ-like things that you have to pump. I think when he collaborated with sitar players, that wasn't traditional quali. That was, um, you know, collaborations like like Peter Gabriel said in, that, in a video that I watched to see Ravi Shankar and Nusrat in the same room. Mm-hmm. That was pretty amazing since one is Pakistani and one is Indian. It's kind of funny, you know, it made me think about... Music and how one relates to it, because yes, this is devotional music that has a ritualistic component when it's used in that way at a at the shrine of a dead person that's being venerated as a saint. Usually, saying at, uh, say, at a dead show. <laughs> sorry, <all>. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> a dead saints show. Uh, <laughs> I was reading, you know, it talks about it elevates the spirit; it makes you. Uh, as you said, closer to God. And I thought, well, doesn't all music kind of do that? And the relationship to music, which this certainly gives me those feelings. This music is very uplifting and very transformational. You know, I was listening to it at different times and it would, you know, lift my mood. But it's just funny, like, okay, gospel music in a church and gospel music in a concert setting. They are two different settings that make the context the context is important i mean one is a ritual and one isn't but it kind of does the same thing to the spirit
0: yes absolutely i agree some of the my favorite times in life have been well besides the fact that i adore the two of you you're like my brothers but it's also because we're together at a concert and feeling that vibe and i've you know, read things. And I know we saw a long, strange trip and they talked about it. the feeling of all of the folks attending the concert, how it becomes this.
1: Group mind, group feeling, group heart.
0: Yes. Yes. Thank you. Trying to find the words here. Uh, Yes, it becomes one. Just seeing how the music transcends and becomes something else and people like and i know we do i do anyway start dancing with my eyes closed and just kind of going into you see a lot of people dancing like they're having the spirit is hitting them or you know but really feeling that well
1: to get a little bit more specific with this music and the traditional ways that this music was appreciated before the late 20th century Not many people outside of Pakistan and India knew this music, and this music was almost always in a devotional setting. And the thing that is very interesting to me is the setting was men. Women weren't allowed to sing it or even appreciate it, and everybody was sitting. This was not Sufi whirling music. It's very difficult to sit still and listen to this music. And I wonder if that isn't part of it for the devotional aspect where you don't take any of that energy into physical movement and it's inside your head, in your brain, and it transforms your being to be closer to God. I wonder if that's some of the part of it. But then again, seeing video of more traditional performances that Nusrat did, he is sitting, but he is dancing and he's. Just I, I can't keep my eyes off him. His physical movements are so riveting, and everybody else, almost everybody else in the audience, is pretty still. His family was eight, it seems like. There was there's there's four chorus singers, and a couple of them play the percussion instruments. There's two harmonium players. One of the harmonium players is the second vocals, and Nusrat in his family is the lead awesome. I listened to it once, uh, maybe tw- maybe half of it twice. And I was like, nope, I'm good. So you guys talk away. Have a good time. The record label that Peter Gabriel founded in 1980 is called Real World.
0: That's where I watched the Peter Gabriel talking about his album Passion and bringing in Fateh Ali Khan when it talks about the different songs. So like you start talking about Nitker Mansan Sonia Main Terry, My Beloved, I Have Only One Prayer That You May Live Happily. It's a Punjabi song with lyrics by Badar. Since I fell in love with you, I have forgotten about the whole world. I wish only to die at your feet. Now, if it's saying, my beloved, I have only one prayer that you may live happily. It is a religious song, but it's also talking about someone that someone loves. There's another one, Lot to Chupana Sahi Sahi. It says a Gazul song sung in Urdu about a hypocritical lover. She says one thing but hides her real feelings. She has taken my heart in her hand. Tell me the truth. What is the price of my heart? Kali Kali Zulfan Ke Fande Na Dalo. Oh, beautiful long black hair, don't ensnare me in your bewitching net. It's considered a romantic song and a dialogue between love and beauty.
1: It does seem that Nasrat Fatah Ali Khan was into expanding the reach of his music when he performed at womad which is world of music and dance festival and in what was it 1985 everybody was like oh my god what is this and did you hear that they performed for they were supposed to perform for like a normal set and they ended up performing all night really yeah they went all night you're looking at them and they are sitting but if you watch the harmonium guy or the tablag person, I mean, this the physical things that go into it, even though they're sitting down, are pretty extreme. And especially Nasrat is, you know, he's dancing, sitting. He is very, it's very exertive, even though he's sitting.
0: I had been reading that like singing 10 hours a day was often a thing that they would do. When I was watching the video that you send and I've seen other videos of him performing. The way he's gesturing and all of that, it just reminded me of like, for instance, if I get tired at any kind of, whatever kind of music it is that I'm at and enjoying and I get into a thing, when I've been tired and I have to sit down and I get moved to dance, I'll start waving my hands and doing like a whole thing. It looked, watching him reminded me of a lot of that. Track talk.
1: Track Talk. The first song, Shamas Ud Doha, Badar Ud Doja, is a knot, which is specifically, that's N-A-A-T, and that is specifically in praise of the prophet. And most of the Qali songs, or a lot of the Qali songs, are in praise of a saint, but in this case, it is the prophet that is being praised you know, these, these songs are hard to talk about because there's so many similarities in structure. I think one thing that is maybe good to know is that there is improvisation within these songs. The lead singer will, in this case, Nusrat will go off on improvisation and usually... Usually, it's not necessarily words that he's using, it's syllables. And some of the syllables are associated with the words that that are in the songs. The songs don't, some of the songs don't have that many words.
0: That's the perfect definition for the whole album.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This song to me was not one of my favorites. It didn't, it didn't move me as much. It seems a little more serious, solemn. Than some of the other ones that have a little bit more joyous devotion.
0: What's interesting is that uh, Shamas Udoha, I uh, act. That's actually my favorite song on the album. Uh, I and I think that's because that's the song that I was first introduced more so. Besides listening to the Peter Gabriel, and then coming from actually westernized kind of point of view. Oh, it's in a film. Who is that dude? Oh, it's in the sound. Who is that? Oh, yeah this song i i would sometimes listen to over and over and that's why i picked the album because i had never listened to the whole album uh more i listened to a few song like i guess like, i guess maybe i did listen to the whole album but it hadn't been in like 20 years or something 15 years so but the first song is one that gives me more i can find myself moving around to it more and it gives me some kind of joy <laughs> Allah Muhammad
1: Sher Yar uh, I'm going to go with Bill on this it's the same thing like every song sounds the same to me I have no real comments on the on this This is my favorite song it is a devotional song to four particular saints and this one really to me I would play sometimes on purpose this song and the sixth song um when I was in a mood that was not very happy Uh, This song really, really does move me to a new headspace that is very positive and uplifting. I wonder if some of the melody in this song might be a little more accessible to at least my ear. As I've listened to this and I've listened to it a lot, I start to hear, oh, that is more of a Western melody. And maybe that's why I, I, you know, my ear is more attuned to it. But I really love this song. This is my favorite song. And I don't know how these guys sit and listen to it. <laughs> I was mowing the lawn. And like, you know, if people would walk by, they'd be like, ooh, that's, that guy is, something's up with that guy dancing, <laughs> mowing the lawn. And walking. This is great walking music.
0: The second song is more of a meditative thing for me. Kind of, it, it's very, very slow. But I get what you're, you're talking about.
1: My subjector's response is, kind of just the opposite yeah that's interesting
0: and i think that it you know just like anyone's opinion would be like sometimes some people would be like no this is just i'm not ever going to listen to this again and then some people are like you know what yeah i i would and which leads to the third track it's funny because the first thing i told my fiance was you know this song kind of sounds like some kind of mariner's seaside shanty kind of a thing, like you know what i'm saying like it had this kind of you know i don't know uh <laughs> it just reminded me that's the first thing i thought of a bunch of guys like you know and then when i read on the website
1: excuse before, me i'm gonna when you did it like that <laughs> when you just did i was like yes you're right. It is like a sea shanty. I heard it, but you did it.
0: <laughs> I really did feel that. And uh, then when I was looking at the real world site and I saw a brief little thing that said, Oh, beautiful, long black hair, don't ensnare me and you're bewitching that. Right. That's not of course how it would be probably sung actually uh, very different, but uh, the fact that it's like got this, uh, aside from the comments you made earlier about love being both with someone else and with God, uh, just since it was talking about a ghazal or romantic song, I found it kind of interesting that, yeah, I, I could see myself with a pint of beer <laughs> listening to this, but I, and I'm sure there are some people that would be like, no, <laughs> they would, you know, cl- clutch their pearls and say, no, it's a very religious song, but I don't mean that in any disrespect. I That made me kind of enjoy yeah. it. And that's just, that's the Westerner's ear that leads to.
1: This is another Gazal, which is called a love song. Yeah, this one, I I wasn't that much into it, but if I remember correctly, I mean, it is hard to re- like remember the different aspects of the song. One thing that happens, and I think it might be this song, but I'm probably wrong, is when he sings really fast. You know what I'm talking about? racing really fast and kind of higher there's a name for that hanara that's usually improv and when i first listened when i was first listening to that and he would go into that super fast a little bit higher it startled the heck out of me i remember walking and i was like well i didn't know if it was the music i didn't know if something was happening in the world Um, But that is another characteristic of these songs that we haven't really touched on is when the the syllables are coming really, really fast and he's just going on a a flight of fancy. I think this song has a lot of that. It is hard to talk about these individually because we just don't, there's no touchstone to remember. You know what I mean? There's no lyric or guitar phrase that you can hook your ear into to remember.
0: The next one, but I have to agree, these last three, are very similar for me. And I enjoy it. It's just I didn't honestly get into it. The first song was always my favorite and the rest of them I enjoyed. But uh, and I enjoy his voice. I love his voice and the way he sings.
1: Yeah, again, I don't I can't remember anymore. What what which song is which I think this is a direct translation. And you you alluded to this song and liking this song. This is another one of my songs that I really like. It's uh, track three, kali Kale, Kale Zufran, K, Fande, Nadalo. And it is about a woman entrapping with beauty. And it also seems to be a argument with love and beauty, but dig these lyrics. And these are literal translations. Cool eyes talk, love changes side. When they come out, heart moves together. Losers win, right? I mean, it's like <laughs> beat poetry. And I'm sure that probably in the native language, it doesn't have that characteristic that what I would say is beat poetry, but I just thought that was amusing.
0: Once I found what some of the words meant and tried to look up different words, I thought that it was very poetic. And I like it that you compared it to the the beat poetry, but also the fact that I'm sure the song I was listening to is not supposed to be a seaside shanty. In a way, it's like whatever, however music speaks to someone, and if they they feel that. They feel that. The next song, Kena Galat Galat to Sahi Sahi, about a hypocritical lover. She says one thing but hides her real feelings. She has taken my heart in her hand. Tell me the truth. What is the price of my heart? I find it interesting that there are these songs about hypocritical lovers. Watch out for being bewitched by a beautiful, long, black haired woman. Yeah. I actually was looking at a little article someone interviewed him asking do you think that the sex of pakistan find this music offensive and he says well you know to tell you the truth the classical music it's not against islam but in pakistan they don't encourage people to be musicians there's no schools for it they kind of frown upon it but whereas if you go to india There's a lot more opportunities, which is interesting that he was living in Pakistan most of the time. I have to be in a certain mood to listen to this. But one thing I do appreciate is his voice. I enjoy watching those videos of him getting into it more than just listening to the album most of the time. Yes. And just one last thing. This reminds me in a way of when I've watched theatrical productions in another language that I didn't understand. I saw a gentleman doing Diary of a Madman and his acting and the emotion that he put into it transcended the barrier of language. And I was able to really get into it and I enjoyed it tremendously. Sometimes that doesn't work. And sometimes it's So I guess it kind of depends on the person. I enjoy it, even though I don't understand.
1: He was really big in Japan. He would sell out large arenas. People were asked, why do you like this? You can't understand it. And it was a lot of young people. And they said, Well, I I don't understand what the actual words are, but I certainly understand what this is. The last song is another one of my favorites. The way they say the word sahih, they repeat the word sahih, sahi, usually in the chorus, which means righteous. It it just totally I'm like, Yeah, that is righteous. <laughs> 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 you no, know, when I, I obviously I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And when I when I read with the word because I want I had to know what the word meant because I was like, what is what is this word? Because when they sing it, it just does something to me. And and then it was righteous. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's righteous. There is a live album, the recording of his performance in 1985 at the Womad Festival. And that is the thing that really brought him to the Western. World. He definitely collaborated with Peter Gabriel. He also has a couple albums on Real World, and one of them I knew called Night World. That that was one that I was into.
0: Next up is you, Mac, right? So, what are you bringing, man?
1: This is the final episode of season one.
0: Oh my god!
1: This is a new album from 2023, The Dead Milkman, Quaker City Quiet Pills.
0: Oh yeah. Woo! All right, I'm looking forward to listening to it. Okay, people, that's a wrap.
1: Thank you for listening to the Wax Chatty Podcast. If you enjoyed what was in your ears, please rate us and leave us a comment on Spotify or Apple and share this dude with your homies.
0: We'd love to hear your thoughts, be nice now, and look forward to rapping about our next selection. Stay tuned. Good night, John Boy. (laughs) Good night, John Boy. (laughs)